0: Welcome to the Mom Empowerment Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids, even when they are experiencing their most challenging behaviors. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Jacobowski, an international speaker. Public school principal and former struggling student The Mom Empowerment Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome.
1: I am so excited to introduce Hillary Billings who is a content creator, speaker and personal brand strategist. For over a decade she's brought her personality to on-camera hosting, celebrity interviewing and producing. She's worked with outlets including USA Today, E-News and Norwegian Cruise Line and been featured on Extra Entertainment Television. A burn survivor turned Miss Nevada, Hillary is passionate about helping women overcome feelings of inadequacy, handle their online haters, and develop authentic confidence. Her lighthearted content, combined with her unique way of handling negative comments, has garnered her over 650,000 TikTok followers in under four months. Her content has been viewed more than 300 million times across platforms. A sought-after speaker, Hillary speaks to the importance of handling haters with compassion. She shared the stage with icons, including William Shatner and Bon Jovi, and as a coach and strategist, she's worked with a gamut of professionals to help them build their confidence and their brands, and has counseled New York Times bestselling authors, Victoria's Secret models, and billionaires. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited about this interview.
2: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're
1: so welcome. So Hillary, can you first tell us about your journey to Miss Nevada, which I know every listener is like, wait, get out. you got the former Miss Nevada on your show. I'm like, <laughs> I know,
2: get that. This is so cool. And after you were hit and burned with a firework.
1: All right. Tell us that story.
2: I never anticipated on participating in a pageant. And in fact, I had my own preconceived notions about what it meant to be a beauty queen. Uh, it was actually really funny. Right before this happened, I ended up being on set working on a movie and I and I met uh, Miss Nevada. And she's actually twice crowned America and USA. And we spent two days together working on set and I was very surprised by how intelligent and smart and funny she was and ambitious. And she was really adamant, like, you need to do a pageant, you need to do a pageant. And I kept telling her, no, thank you. I'm smart and have other life ambitions. And at the time, I was a travel blogger and you know, working in journalism. And it just did not seem to be a good fit. Uh, So fast forward to me going and living with the Firewalkers in Fiji coming back from this incredible spiritual event and spending a month there with their tribe uh, to going to a friend's Fourth of July party and I was having a really hard time acclimating back to society and really was just still in my head kind of ruminating on what just happened on this crazy journey to live with the Firewalkers. And it was one of those weird days where everything was telling me don't go. I couldn't find my keys. I broke a glass. I stepped on the glass. I couldn't find the clothes I wanted to wear, which ended up coming into play later on. So I arrive at this party, and uh, my friend had purchased uh, illegal fireworks from uh, this Indian reservation outside of Las Vegas, which people do because they have the best fireworks. And she was starting to set him up for the night. And I didn't want anything to do with them. I was like, you know, I'd never been wary or weird around fireworks before, but I'm like, I'm just going to go sit over here. And then as we started lighting off the fireworks, the first one went up, the fuse uh, burned up and then nothing happened. And everybody got quiet because we all know that like something's wrong. That's not supposed to be how this goes. And so then the firework blew up in a very uh, not pretty way. And the fuse, which is on fire, you know, shoots up in the air travels 30 feet curves around comes back hits my sunglasses and then my check cheek and then goes down my shirt and thank goodness for the wardrobe change that i had to make because i couldn't find the outfit that i wanted. i was really annoyed honestly because i was wearing one of those really padded victoria's secret bras and super uncomfortable but that bra you know saved my chest and like the, the firework just ate through everything and it would have been so much worse had i not been wearing that uh So, you know, immediately we go to the emergency room, doctors and, you know, dermatologists, they didn't know how long my healing time would be. Fun fact, the chest is the slowest healing part of the body. And uh, my face healed within a week. And I had all these surf trip plans. I had all these travel plans as a travel blogger to keep going in the fall and everything had to stop. And I was just hiding out in Vegas, ashamed and embarrassed. And which is weird because like, I didn't make this happen, but at the same time, I felt so worried about ever feeling feminine or beautiful again, or, you know, liking what I saw in the mirror. And I got about six months out from this event. So it was right around the turn of the new year. And I was hired to be a model for some event. And it was this really beautiful slinky black dress. And I turned around to look at myself in it. And I just started bawling because all I could see was my scars. And at that moment, I knew I had to do something drastic to get myself past these feelings of inadequacy. So what I'd done up until that point as a travel blogger was put myself in uncomfortable situations traveling as a way to find comfort there to grow my confidence. So I thought about what you know what sounds terrifying. Nothing sounds more terrifying than being on stage in a bikini and having someone judge me, so let's do that. So I signed up for the pageant as a way to grow myself, uh, never thinking I would win. Uh, but that, that became my platform and working with the Burn Foundation and the Southern Nevada Firefighters and the Burn Institute and, and pushing forth this message that you don't have to be flawless to feel beautiful.
1: Mm. Wow. What a story. And so your content's focused on helping people gain authentic confidence.
2: Yep. But what does it
1: mean to be authentically confident?
2: I think a lot of times when people think of people that are confident in their life, We often mistake confidence for arrogance, right? They might be that person's really flashy or they have the the souped up car or they're the ones that are talking a lot in meetings. And to me, that arrogance is actually just another form of insecurity. Uh, To me, confidence and actually confidence by definition is the ability to rely upon something or someone. So confidence is the ability to rely upon something or someone. What does that mean? Well, that means that when times get tough and you've got uncertainty all throughout the world, you know that you're going to get through it, or you know that you've got the skills to move past it, or you know that you have the community around you to support you, or you know when you get bad news that you have a mentor to help guide you through it and you're going to be okay. It's not needing to know everything. It's not needing to even push it out there to the world to show that you're confident. True confidence is actually quite quiet uh, and it's knowing and being comfortable that whatever situation is thrown your way, that you can deal with that. And I, to me, it's such a powerful thing. Research shows that confidence is more directly correlated to success than competence in any job. If you have the confidence that you can do it over the competence, you will be more successful. And so to me, there is no better skill set. There is no better thing to chase and to build than confidence just because of what it can afford us, especially in times right now where things are constantly changing and so uncertain and we're living with adversity in ways that we haven't before, you know, the word, uh, now I'm going to mess up the word, uh, never uh, unprecedented. I was like, it's unprecedented. It's coming up a lot everywhere. everywhere. People
1: are tired of it. They're like, don't say that anymore. I
2: know. I think I blocked it out because I'm like, why can't I pull that word? I'm so (laughs) used to hearing it. I must have shoved it down.
1: I know. I say it all the time. Yes.
2: (laughs) So uh, to me, that's what authentic confidence is, is living in that knowing that regardless of what uncertainty comes your way, you can handle it, that you can rely upon yourself or someone else or something, whether that's God, your community, another person uh, to help you get through this.
1: So you've coached a variety of women from single moms to entrepreneurs to fashion models. Have there been any consistencies as to what they need help with?
2: I think all women want validation that they're on the right track, that they're doing the right thing, that they're they're, they're taking the right steps. You know, we're so used to having external validation and needing that. For our lives and even for, you know, survival over the generations in the course of just being a woman in history. <laughs> so I think that that's a very natural thing to want is that external validation. I also think a lot of women struggle with being seen as their identity shifts throughout their life. And as they get into new seasons, whether that's going from graduating at the top of your class in high school and like ruling the school to getting into college in this new setting, or whether that's getting out of college and getting into your first big job, or whether that's getting fired from that job and then having to figure out what to do or getting the next big job and having to figure out what to do or switching careers entirely and having to let go of this identity around this career or getting married or getting divorced or becoming 30 or 40 or 50. Every one of these markers I think women struggle with confidence because they don't know how to grapple with how does this change my identity? How do I find value? Because we're so used to seeking the external value and attaching it to those identities that we have.
1: Yeah, it was so interesting because uh, I was a teacher at first, and then an aspiring principal, and of course, an aspiring assistant principal first. And then uh, when I became an assistant principal, after one year, my principal went on maternity leave for an entire year, and the district put me as acting principal. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's like like my dream come true, right?" Yeah. And it it was it was amazing. Like it was just I I loved it. Well, then she came back the following year. And I was like, oh, no, like, what am I going to do now? Like, you're so used to everybody coming to you for questions and answers and what you're solving. And yet, and now you're, you're like, you're out of the limelight and and you're like the second, you know, person and like, nobody comes to you for anything anymore. And that was really hard for me. And in my entire career, I'd always had advancements. And that was the first time it felt like a setback. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do with myself to the point that not until I actually, got uh, content where I was, that something beautiful blossomed out of it. And then I actually ended up writing a little kid's book with one of the kids um, that I would have never seen that opportunity had I right. not gotten to the place where I'm content and now where's the beauty where I'm at as difficult as that was for me. Um, oh, yeah. So that just reminded me of how you said that.
2: Yeah, I think that so many women, myself included, like when I was giving up my title, my last appearance, I think it was the Billboard Music Awards was my last appearance as uh, Miss the United States in 2013. And I was terrified. I was terrified that USA Today, who I was working for at the time, would drop me because I thought that they were interested in me because of the title. Mentally, they never said that. you know. And in fact, they reached out to me because of what I built on my blog and what they see, they saw I could do as a writer uh, and then the on camera stuff just happened you know because they got the random wild hair idea to try it and it worked really well um but it's amazing how when we attach so much of our identity and our value and our worth to a role that we have and then those roles change which inevitably they're going to uh it's an it's an amazing process to have to grapple and accept and move on and learn to place our value you know intrinsically in ourselves and not extrinsically onto what we think we should or our role or the career that we have or how much money we're making or social media followers or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And i was just listening to a podcast I've gotten um, used to this girl called Cara Lowenthal. And um, she talks about how you can't have anything that you are building or, you know, you're going to, you know, become this or do that. None of it can be connected to, to, to your, your identity and who you're yep. worth. Yeah, it can't, it's, it, it will, it will not, it will not feed that. And it's not, it, it it's nothing good is going to come out of that if you're connected to it. And it, it was just, it was so good, especially starting this podcast. And you're like, oh my gosh, this oh, yeah. is so cool. Like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, nope, it's not, it's not connected to that because that that's a, that's not going to change who who I am inside of me and and who I, my, my self-worth. And I, I that was just really awesome and powerful for me. I love that.
2: Oh, yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, I hate, I hate the saying because it's so cliche, about knowing your why whenever you're doing something. And it needs mm-hmm. to be more than, and I think this is where we get so tripped up because we allow other people's opinions, especially in times when things are in their infancy and we're still trying to practice in public and other people are nitpicking because that's just the nature of the world that we live in. Uh, they allow that to stop them from moving forward because they get a couple of voices that say, I don't like this or I don't think this is what you should. And I used to be the person that would take all that in and carry it around. And then when I would go to create content, would think about how can I pre-argue all of the things that somebody could poke holes into this monologue or into the skit or into this funny piece of entertainment. So I know ahead of time what to expect. And it's like, what a waste of my energy and time for a few of these voices that don't, they're not building things, right? They're not the ones that are out there putting themselves on the line. I think it's a Georgia O'Keeffe quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's something along. And I, I, but I love it so much. It's something along the lines of, I have settled it for myself And therefore, you know, all all the positive feedback and criticism go down the same drain. That's the ad hoc version of that. So you you let both the positive and the negative be disassociated from what you're doing because you've already decided on why you're doing it. And you're not going to take the time to explain that to every single person that comes across your content. You know, if you're an actor, your performance, your poetry, whatever. And it's such a weird place because as creators, there's very few other jobs where people just get to openly, you know, be in a peanut gallery. Like you don't just get to look at your CPA and say, yeah, I don't like the way you did my taxes. You know, that's not a, that's not a thing. Right. <laughs> So it's a weird world that we live in.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: it's crazy. It's crazy to navigate ourselves through them. And and for women too, because for so long, like this girl, Cara, I mean, I just, I, I'm addicted to her podcast.
2: Yeah. Like
1: we have lived in a society where women are suppressed and you do so much and it doesn't go noticed. And you're like, take a minute for myself. What does that mean? We don't even know what that means. And we don't even give ourselves permission to, yeah. how about we just stop right there? I'm going to give myself permission to watch a movie. I'm going to give myself permission to take a nap. Like nobody does that to her. We don't do that. We don't treat ourselves that way. It's so foreign. But yet, yeah, why not? Why not? Well, I
2: think uh, with that piece, you know, it's such a mindset shift because and I struggle with that too. Like, if I I have these rules that if I'm this is, you know, we're kind of getting off topic, but it's I know, a, sorry. It's in a beautiful way. This is natural conversation, right? Um, what I love about this piece is that. When you know, being such an ambitious person, and I, I think a lot of women who are ambitious and who you know love their work that they're doing will constantly want to run themselves into the ground or think that if I'm not working, then it's not working for me. And having to get away from that mentality because that mentality has served us at some point in our life, it served you to becoming in this position where you are today, it served you in the genesis of this podcast. But that is not going to get you to the next step and thinking of ourselves more like star athletes, right? And having to coach ourselves. Through this process, not as you and your critical mind are going to look at this and nitpick why you shouldn't be watching Netflix right now, but looking at yourself like your coach and saying, Yeah, you know what? She needs a break tonight. This is her rest day. And that is part of the training schedule. It goes on the schedule. It's just as important as the weightlifting and the sprinting and everything, all the other things that you're doing that you're sweating it out. You need that recovery time. And the more that we can, again, have confidence and pre-plan and say, this is what I'm doing. This is my training schedule. And I'm giving myself the permission to do that. The more at ease we're going to feel in our life.
1: I love that. And actually you're going to be someone that attracts people to you Mm. because that's what people want. And, and how awesome is it? I mean, why, why do we exist, but yet to serve others and find ways to give back. And if you can be that light for someone, that's just so beautiful to me.
2: Absolutely.
1: I love absolutely. That. So you have a four steps to quick confidence workbook on your website. And for those of you who are listening, I'm going to put her website link in the uh, description notes of this episode and click on that and you can have access to a free four steps to quick confidence workbook to help you get started on your confidence journey. What will they be surprised to find in there?
2: When we're talking about confidence, again, from this definition of the belief that you can rely upon someone or something, what I really want to do is help women especially realize that confidence is within their locus of control. It is not based upon how great your podcast does. It's not based upon how many followers you have. It's not based upon how much press you get. It's not based upon your kids telling you you're amazing or being, you know, the top of the PTA. What it's about is you having this belief that you can rely upon yourself for any situation. So pulling this back into the locus of control, we talk about kind of four of the the main things that tend to get us away from confidence and actually feed our feelings of inadequacy. And Again, just by having awareness that this is happening on a daily basis, and these are the ways that we tend to become more insecure, you already have more control and more awareness about being able to handle this better in the future, which is naturally going to lend itself to make you feel more confident that you can do this and that you can build your confidence. So what I love about it is it's just essentially a jumpstart in this process. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me recently, and she's like, hey, Hillary, I downloaded your, uh, your free guide, like nine months ago, and then I didn't read it. And she's like, I was really resistant to doing this. And then I finally sat down and I did it. And I could not believe the difference that it's made. And just me understanding where I am tripping myself up, and how I can move past some of these things that are really holding me up with this external world that we're existing in. So um, one of my favorites to talk about is self focus, we get so focused on ourselves, how we're perceived in the world, uh, where we are standing wise in comparison to everybody else. And really the solution for that is to become more service focused. If we put our attention on other people and how we can help them, we're going to feel more confident. We're going to feel more value because we know we can bring value to other people. Uh, Another reason why I love pageantry, because it forces women to have to say, how can you help others? How will you use this platform? Um, and thats it's one of the few mechanisms, at least right now, where that's a requirement to be involved is to do community service work. Mm,
1: that's so beautiful. It reminds me the other day I I was with a friend and um, and her son actually who's a teenager and I was like I'm having a really rough day I, I'm I'm just kind of angry at something and it takes a lot for me to get angry I don't know like I said I'm kind of which le- is going to lead me into the next question <laughs> and he was like what do you do when you're angry and when you're upset and I was like well it rarely happens so what I do I I don't know what what do I what do I do I was trying like I couldn't even tell what I do. Yeah. and then I was like you know what I do. I think of something nice to do for someone because it pulls me right out of that every time. And, and I was like, that's what I do. I find something nice and kind or giving or serving there. There you go. How can I serve somebody? Um, And I think I even tell the kids at school, sometimes like if you're having a bad day, do something nice for someone. It'll just kind of like pick up, pick your, pick up your attitude and spirits just a little bit. There's so so much research
2: to support that. I mean, that's such a fabulous thing that you already naturally do that. It, It helps us, you know, diminish the symptoms of depression and anxiety. It allows us to feel more connected. I mean, feeling disconnected, especially now in our hyper connected world, we feel more disconnected now than ever before. So doing acts of service for somebody else, small, big, whatever it immediately makes us feel more connected to people. And again, that value piece of whatever it is that you're, you're thinking about or you're focusing, as you're self-focusing on or you're beating yourself up about internally, if you can then show, hey, I have value to someone else outside of this thing that's going on inside my head. It's such a beautiful way to, to put in that pattern interrupt. I'm so glad that you do that already. Mm, That's so
1: beautiful. And that's why I love sharing this and sharing this with anybody who's listening because you can teach that to your kids. That's such a great skill and practice to even do with your kids together, right? So um I like I was telling you beforehand, uh, before we started the podcast, I was like, I'm such a positive person, and you talk about toxic positivity. And I'm like, what Mm -hmm. is that? And do I do I do that? So tell us um, a little bit more about that and why does it matter?
2: Toxic positivity. Look at it as the excessive or ineffective overgeneralization of a happy or optimistic viewpoint across all situations. Uh, The best example that I have of this is this time last year, uh, we lived through uh, an F4 tornado. I think it's F4, which it was the second most deadliest tornado in Nashville's history the tornado came within two blocks of our home and it was a very traumatic experience. We were so lucky that our building wasn't affected. We were so lucky that we just lost power and that was it. But, uh, the next, I think it was, that might've been that same night of the first day it's happened in the middle of the night. So the next day we're go we're driving across to the part of town that has power. And it was so crazy. Like our side of town, complete devastation. And we go over the bridge and there's a whole section of town that is just moving on life is normal. And so we're, we're living in this traumatic headspace. We just lived through this very big, Life changing thing. And we go to sit down to eat. And I remember just being so overwhelmed by the fact that there were so many people just living their normal lives. And our waitress comes over and she's like, Hey, how's it going? And I'm on the brink of tears. And I'm like, Actually, not really well. And here's what happened. And her response was, Oh, well, at least you guys didn't lose your homes, right? So as if saying, you know, it's okay. And it's, it's a natural human response to want to find a way to pick somebody up when they're down. But in that moment, what I needed was compassion and presence and not for somebody to say, well, because you didn't have it this bad, it doesn't mean that you don't get to feel the way you want to feel, or you shouldn't feel the way you want to feel because you don't, you haven't experienced this. Uh, so on that same night, I go up to the the hostess after we ordered. To ask her for if, if I could charge my phone because we hadn't charged our phones all day. Mine was about to die. Of course, we have family from all over the country reaching out, you know, friends. And I tell her the situation, and she gives me this giant hug. And she says, "Of course, how are you? That must have been so scary. What else can we do for you here?" And she invited us back. And she's like, "On my, on her own dime, she's like, we will pay, bring you food. What do you need to get through the next couple of days?" And it's like that. That right there is what people need. And is that empathetic, let me find a way to help what, and let me think about maybe what you're struggling with. If you don't have power, you don't have food. Uh, you, you probably maybe need a place to say you're not able to charge any electronics, uh, all of these things that can come up very simple ways, even just saying, and giving me that hug in that moment was so cha- life-changing for me thinking about that moment. So when we think of toxic positivity, um, I want you to think about, well, it's, that's not that bad, or you shouldn't feel bad about it. Cause I've had it worse. I recently posted a video about my sister's experience getting COVID and she's a type two diabetic and she's a single mom and she has four kids under the age of 11. And so she went through COVID by herself. Her kids went in quarantine with her ex-husband and then she got pneumonia and the whole thing was terrifying for her, especially because of her underlying condition. And so when she finally got to see the kids, she decided to record it, thought it would be a beautiful moment to share. And also kind of as a PSA of, hey, here's my story, You know, please be careful. And I was really surprised by some, sometimes I read the comments, sometimes I don't. I thought this one would be an interesting one to read the comments on, because I was so convicted that this was a beautiful story to tell. And there was a lot of people saying things like, well, try deploying you know, overseas for five months, or that's no big deal, I haven't seen my kids in three years. There's a lot of ways that I could look at those comments. Most of them are them just being jerky about it. And I could fire back with a similar jerky reaction. And I also have to remember that in my headspace, looking at a comment like that, I'm probably going to add a little bit of attitude to it when the truth is someone might just be saying in the case of, yeah, I haven't seen my kid in three years as a way to connect of, I understand. So you know, going from a place of we don't need to compare pain. Um, I'm a big believer that no one wins at the game of whose life sucks more like there's no car, there's no million dollar prize. And like when you win that game, you get nothing but to acknowledge that you have the most pain. And there is no way that your life, my life will ever compare to the trials and tribulations of someone else. But it doesn't mean that we don't go through trauma and trials and tribulations and to undermine those experiences because we're not starving children in Africa right now is to undermine our entire life experience, uh, which I believe is a major faux pas if we want to connect more. So getting to this place of let's be empathetic. Let's be present. Yes.
1: Empathy. That was the word I was just going to say. It's having empathy.
2: Yeah. And pain is not a competition. In fact, for me, pain is a conduit for compassion. So if you've experienced something worse than somebody else, wouldn't you have wished for and loved if when you were in your position for someone who has been there, done that to turn around and say, I got you, sister. Let's go. Right. I know. I know the path. Let's go through hell and back together. I will guide you. And what a difference that would have made for you had you had that experience. And we were talking about before, like what a difference it would have made for us growing up to know what was coming for middle school or high school or having someone prepare us for these major life transitions. So again, how can we, whenever someone's interacting with us, come at them, even if they are presenting us with toxic positivity, how can we meet them with more compassion? And then how can we, when we're at the place of being the one That someone's confiding in how can we meet them with empathy and presence and thinking more through what can I do to help show up for them through action that doesn't require them having to make a decision right now.
1: Wow, there was so much in what you said.
2: Yeah. It's like that was a lot. I'm sorry. I love that.
1: No, and the empathy because empathy is I'm getting in your shoes with you and I am like feeling what you're feeling. It's not, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Sympathy is I'm so sorry. Empathy is I am actually experiencing this with you and this really, really sucks or whatever it is that you're going through. Yeah. Um I think that's 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 an important piece uh, to highlight. And it's interesting because I I have a tragic story pretty much in my life where um, I was I was engaged and to be married and um, three months before the wedding, um, we had a church split at our church and he left and I stayed and that was the end of our relationship and he married my best friend from my youth a year later. And just took all my friends pretty much with me. Like I was called and said not to, 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 to hang out or talk talk with their friends now. And, and when I even think about them to this day, um, as hard as that was, and it was just such a low point in my life, I just wanted to die. I just thought there was like nothing worth living for because it, it just felt like all my dreams had just just been gash. Um, the 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 only way I was able to move on actually was to think of think about how life is so hard on its own. For anybody, on any yep. day, the yep. older you get, I feel. And I was like, you know what? At their life, life is difficult as it is. They don't need one more person thinking any ounce of ill will towards them when life on its own is difficult and challenging on a normal day. And that that was just kind of like my resolve. I was like, I don't owe them anything but love because God knows I need love for anything that I'm going through uh, just because life is just like it's hard. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, this like better verses all the time. I mean, that was yes. it's something that pulled me through that, but it was just because it, it's just changing my thoughts towards it too.
2: Oh yeah. And I, I love that this element of life is hard enough already. Uh, if we were to engage that muscle more, I think we would have less of the you know, this major polarization that's happening online, we'd have children feeling more connected to their peers online. And, you know, we as women will be able to support each other more and feel more empowered. There's a lot of judgment that tends to go around. But I think people think they're being empathetic. But what they're really doing is saying based upon my life experience, Experience, what would I do in that situation? Not based upon this person's life experience, I can see why they're doing what they're doing in this situation. And I've been guilty of it, too. And that was a major life shift for me over the past couple of years was realizing that I was taking, you know, my privilege and my position and all my adversity and everything that I've dealt with, and then using that lens to look at my friends or family members and saying, gosh, well, if I don't understand why you did that, because I would never have done that in that situation. But I i am not that person. And I did not live their life. And I have not gone through everything that they've gone through. And the more that we can come from that position of, yeah, we all need love and we're all doing the best we can. And sometimes the best we can is not very good. Um, You know, I I think there are very few people in the world who deserve to be written off completely. And, you know, as long as we're growing, we can be there to empower each other. I fully believe that.
1: Yeah. And it's like going back to that thought that there's always a story. There's yeah. a story behind that.
2: We don't know and, about <laughs> and even in,
1: in COVID right now at school with the teachers and, and where's this kid and they're not here and they're not showing up. They're not doing their work They're What's the story. Do yeah. you know what's going on? That parent really is doing the best they can. That kid right. is doing the best they can. And there's a litany of things we want from them and think they all should be doing this. And, and, and I just encourage myself, like find out the story. Hey, pick up the phone. Um, Can I help you? Um, Is there something I can do to support you? Uh, Hey, we just really missed, you know, so-and-so in school or, or, you know, you know that they're missing an assignment, but start with finding the story and you might, you might be surprised by what you, you find and, and you might not be, but you won't know unless you just explore it a little.
2: I love this whole concept of asking more questions in general. And it's something that I encourage people to do, especially with, you know, if they want to engage with haters online or in even themselves, right? Like they're self-critic, like, well, where is this coming from? And why, why is it that way? Or tell me more about this, or I'd love to hear more. And it's amazing what just asking a few questions can do to one, disarm somebody else. Allow a connection point to happen, disarm me from being on the defensive or feeling like I am being attacked, and suddenly we can actually have discussions as humans. And yeah, and then there's an opportunity for you to find a way to help them uh, in that moment or help those parents that are really struggling right now, which so many are. And you know, even growing up in in the life that I did, there was so much that we did not let. Uh, friends or, or or school see just because that was you know our own internal struggles and battles of of what we were dealing with in our own feast and famine world, and you know I, I can't even imagine how that is just compounded over this past year for the current student population.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna go to another question that I have for you because oh, I, yeah.
2: I I've loved the whole rabbit trail we just went on. Yeah. I loved
1: every <laughs> part of that. So thank you. That was that was that was really we got a
2: little deep and dark was... there at the end. There was a lot there. I love that. (laughs) that.
1: So you say that getting to gratitude or a positive place is not an actionable next step for those who are struggling with inadequacy or an overwhelming situation like COVID. Why is that? And what's the right step?
2: I think it's too far of a jump is the truth of the matter. So if we think about you're on inadequacy, we got this whole canyon in between you and feeling confident. We're asking you to jump from a place where you are beating yourself up. You are constantly ruminating. You're you're judging your every move, you're judging and criticizing everybody else. You're constantly living in a state of fear as to and looking for that external validation and, and ruminating on those comments and what do they mean and why. If you're in that place, you know, I, I believe this whole fake it thing and make it thing it could work, right? You could long jump it and make it over here, but you're probably just going to be barely hanging on. And then if it's successful, you're going to be asking yourself around every corner, well, do they like me because of this game that I'm playing or this charade that I've, I've got going or who they think that I am, but they don't really know who I am or what I think about myself or what I'm you know, thinking about everybody else or how I'm comparing myself to everybody else in the room. It's, you're going to slide back. And if you don't make that jump, if you don't make a jump from where you are and feeling insecure and inadequate to confidence, it's only going to slide you further back from where you already are because now it's like, well, now I I can't be confident. Maybe that's not for me. Maybe that's for other people, but not for me. I can't make that happen. I don't know how to do that. It's, it's too far. So for me, the whole, we want to find a middle ground. We want to find a neutral place. If you're changing and shifting gears in your car you have to go to neutral before you shift to a higher gear. If you try to do something else, you're going to kill the, your car's engine. So we got to come back to neutral. We have to move away from the negative emotion and disassociate with that before we can even entertain coming to a more positive place. So kind of like we talked about earlier, like this is not about me. These this, these comments are not about me. The situation is not about me. It's It's disassociating those other judgments from you or disassociating this, these feelings of insecurity are not who I am and coming back to a neutral place. And then from there, to me, that's even more powerful. It's a more powerfully positioned place for you to be than even on the positive spectrum because there's complete freedom and you can move in any direction and you can believe anything you want about yourself. So we're just, you know, instead of taking a leap, we're kind of building a bridge uh, as as Jeff Goyans would say, Uh, He talks about it with creative writing and I'm using it for confidence.
1: I love that. And it reminds me of that um, saying where if you actually just stopped and thought about it, people are so consumed with their own thoughts of their own world that actually most of them aren't really thinking about you. (laughs) Like if you just stopped and let that thought just like settle in your mind, you'd be like, it's okay. Like, you are your worth's critic. We all know that we're all struggling against that. Um, but actually people are kind of so self-absorbed in in, in their thoughts, and their mind, in the world that, you know what,
2: they, they more than likely they're not sitting there, you know, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's great. I mean, like, what a beautiful, great, what a beautiful gift that not everyone is looking at you and judging, you. like, we're not all Taylor Swift, right? So we, we don't have the benefits and the curses that come with that right now. And thank goodness because this allows us to be able to grow and move and and experience our lives, and, and we are not accountable for that. Uh, and even if people are scrutinizing your every move, it's, it doesn't matter. I was having this conversation the other day with another Hillary Billings, the, the original Hillary Billings, um, incredible woman. She's actually responsible. She, she used to work at Pottery Barn as a buyer and she was, she got that apothecary table. The reason that apothecary table episode on friends happened is because of her. And we were talking about this concept of when she was growing up, there was this element of, you know, anything that someone says behind your back is none of your business. And she was able to accept that and move on with her life. And and I I agree with that too. Like what someone says when I'm not around has nothing to do with me. The challenge is now we get to see it on social media all the time, what people are saying behind our backs in real time. And and it's there, it's there for all the world to see and people that don't even know us making these judgments, which I think is what makes this so much harder. But yeah, I, I love what you're saying there. And I think it's just so important for us to remove, remove ourselves from those feelings, those emotions and just count on our blessings that people aren't paying attention. And there was a meme that I saw, sorry, not to go off on this about like, Oh, well, you know, make a list of who's reached out to you during COVID. And like, those are your true friends or, you know, those people, you know, take a look at who your real friends are. And it's based upon this rule of who's contacted you recently. And it's like, God, I hate these things. Like, that's such a silly rule. The rule is if they haven't reached out to you, like, you don't know what's going, again, going back to, you don't know the story. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know the life changes that they've had to endure, the financial struggles, you know, the family dynamic changes, what they're dealing with their kids. And, but you've made a mental rule that you're not going to tell them about, about how if they're your true friend, they better call you Otherwise, you're going to write them off from your life, not to mention what are you doing to call and reach out to them. I just think it's so fascinating how we, we, we wrap ourselves up into this idea that other people owe us anything. I think that's also part of the confidence is like getting away from these expectations of that, these rules that we've set for ourselves as to what a friendship looks like, what, what confidence needs to look like based upon what we see in the external world. And like, what does this really mean for us? What fits our life and our setting? And yeah, thank goodness. No, one's watching me all the time. Sometimes I'm a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) And you love yourself for it.
1: And and that is so powerful to get to that spot where you're like, and I love it. That is so freeing. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I just, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I have had so much fun on these podcasts because I'm meeting like-minded women who are actually connecting with, with, with them. I'm connecting with them and finding friends through them. And we're actually like realizing like, yes, females can support and love and collaborate and connect and, and, and lift one another up where so often, how many times do you feel like you're vying for, for, for the attention or, or, or the space or the spot. And, um, and I just appreciate everything you shared. Thank you for coming on and and just being open and vulnerable with, with our listeners. And, and I just wish you all the best. And I know that you have a a platform to help young girls. So I'm excited to learn more about that, to hopefully bring that into our schools as well. And I'm just excited. And I'm like, go you. (laughs)
2: All of us. Yes, yes. Yeah, we need this. We need this female support and more than
1: ever. Community. More than ever. It is like a lifeline. Um and, so, and again, yeah, the confidence
2: ahead. in that, like the belief that we can rely upon someone. If we have a community that we can rely upon to lift us up when we're not feeling it, gosh, that's so powerful. So yes. thank you for for providing this opportunity. Oh my gosh.
1: Absolutely. Been so fun. And and for those listening, you are that lifeline. So tell yourself that think of yourself that way you are the lifeline for someone else you have value and you have worth and it's just finding that in each other and recognizing Mm -hmm. that letting that blossom and grow and that be the thing that connects us and we're just gonna let all the other stuff like go away it's not worth it anyway so hillary where should people go if they want to connect with you or learn more about you
2: Best place to go is my website, hilarybillings.com H-I-L-A-R-Y-B-I-L-L-I-N-G-S.com. There you can get a copy of my free Four Steps to Quick Confidence workbook. Uh, you can check out my blog and all the new and exciting things that are coming down the pike. So uh, please come visit, send me an email. Yes. hilarybillings.com place all to All right,
1: go. we will. And I'll put that in the description notes of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: You're so welcome. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Mom Empowerment Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to help you live a happier, healthier life with your kids. Click subscribe today, and we can't wait to have you join us on our next episode. Thanks again. And remember, don't worry, be happy. Hey there, it's Karin. I hope that you're enjoying the show. And by the way, if you're a mom who wants to learn how to help your child when they're struggling behaviorally or facing challenges in school, get started today by getting my free short video course on First Steps to Mom empowerment. Go to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in learning how to have a happy life and healthy life with your kids. So head on over to www.educationalimpactacademy.com forward slash free video and grab your free gift today.